Today's podcast is brought to you by Bear Pro. Two popular products that Bear Pro is promoting to the APC audience are the Bear Premium Cabinet and Trim Interior Enamel and Bear Ultra Scuff Defense Interior Paint. Bear Premium Cabinet and Trim Interior Enamel dries to a hard, durable finish, and its tack-free film keeps doors from sticking together after just two hours. By the way, darker colors may require additional dry time, longer dry time required in cooler temperatures, and higher humidity. It has excellent flow and leveling and is ideal for use on cabinets, trim, doors, windows, shutters, and woodwork. It's available in satin and semi-gloss finishes. For more information, visit bearpro.com slash cabinet and trim. Bear Ultra Scuff Defense Interior Paint sets a new standard for paint durability. Scuff Defense features an innovative paint formula that delivers advanced burnish, scuff, and mar resistance for high traffic areas. It's available in flat, eggshell, satin, and semi-gloss finishes. For more information, Go to bearpro.com slash scuff defense. Both the cabinet and trim enamel and scuff defense are exclusively available at the Home Depot. You can contact a Bear Pro representative by visiting bear.com slash rep. Welcome to Paint Radio with your host, Emily Howard and Andrew Dwyer. I want to thank you for showing up. We know that when it comes to your paint podcast needs, there are many, many opportunities and many vehicles for which you could patronize. We thank you for choosing Paint Radio. Emily, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. We have, I mean, all of our podcast topics are excellent. I would say This is uniquely excellent. It's a bit outside the norm. It's an interesting topic, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm going to dive in. Emily, I'm guessing you are a little afraid to have me on this podcast. Fair? (laughs) Fair. I'm always a little afraid to have you on the podcast. Well, that's, that's what I bring to the table, because the topic today is how to make your company, how to make your workplace more appealing to women. Well, let's get on to meet our guests. Excellent guests. I'm excited to hear their thoughts. Lacey Ilsley, CEO of AI Painting Plus, beautiful Columbia, Missouri. Lacey, how are you? Doing great. How are you, Andrew? Thank you for asking how I am. I, I care. <laughs> I know. It's so great. And Stacy Spear, owner and founder of SNS Painting in Mechanicsville, Virginia. Stacy, how are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. And Andrew, how are you doing today? Bob Diggity! <laughs> okay. In all seriousness, why are we doing this? So, you know, Lacey, let's start with you. You know, why do you think there's a need for this podcast, for this topic? And what do you hope to maybe achieve with this podcast? I think it's really important for business owners um, to want to recruit and bring on more female employees um, and make sure that they're creating and fostering an inclusive culture and environment for the females that they decide that they want to bring onto their team. And I hope that they learn kind of how to change their language and what kind of things that they can do differently to create such a inclusive culture. Yes. 
better than I would have said, but exactly how I feel. Stacey, how about yourself? Why do we need this podcast, and what do you hope to achieve? Well, thank you for asking. A lot has changed in our world, in our surroundings, and we need to keep up with it, and we need to really reach out to everybody who's around there. Finding employees has been so hard, and opening your doors to women employees as opposed to just men employees, I think will make it a little bit easier for you. And I hope everybody gains at least one or two points from this podcast to take home with them and say, okay, we can do this. I want to jump in here because I've talked to both Lacey and Stacy about their business practices prior to the podcast. And a lot of these things are really just kind of tactical, functional things. Like I was saying before, we're having such an issue with hiring, and that's not just in the painting industry. It's across all industries. Everybody's kind of experiencing it. The world is kind of a huge liability slash opportunity, depending on how you look at it in the hiring market right now. So I think it's a really good time for people to be thinking about the journey that employees have with their businesses and, and whether or not that serves them and their hopes and wishes and dreams and financial goals. So I think Lacey and Stacey have got some really good points here too. So with that in mind, Lacey, why don't we start with you? What would you say are some challenges? You're especially coming from outside the painting industry to inside the painting industry. When you look at the job sites and the job required for painting, what are some challenges that you see women face that maybe men don't and that maybe women don't have to face if we make some small changes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so clothes are kind of a big one. You go to Johnson Payne or Sharon Williams and all their pants and shorts and clothing in general is made for men. They don't typically fit women. There are some great companies that make clothing, but they're a lot more expensive. Of course, there's always the ladder question at getting ladders off the top of the van or putting them back on the top of the van. Sexual harassment, of course, is a huge one. And another one that people probably don't think about is bathroom challenges, especially on exterior projects. Our business owner is going to consider that when hiring women because those are some challenges that men will not face. And, of course, everybody always talks about the pay and then tools. You know, painting tools are designed more for larger hands, not really for smaller hands, yeah, like female hands. So, Yeah, I think that's all good points. And, Stacey, how about you? Anything to add? I think the sidebar from what Lacey has said is that being willing to accept an untrained woman into it instead of having everybody always come to your job and applying if they've gotten experience. And then do you have that training ready to give to them? Well, and that, I will say, goes with everything at this moment. I think that when we did the operations survey back in, I want to say 2017 um, or 2018, most of the respondents said that they were looking for people who are already skilled in the painting industry. And that has done a complete 180, um, yeah. 360, as Andrew would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I stole one of your typical jokes. <laughs> Oh, that was good. But it's done a complete 180. We are seeing so many people out there seeing that there are people coming from the restaurant industries, from retail, from all of these places, and they're looking for something new to do with their time and their life and their skills. And painting is a kind of cool trade to potentially teach, but you have to be absolutely set up to be able to 
teach those things. So I think, yeah, the training is just, it's super big. What about advertising? Stacey, we'll start with you on this one. Can you give us a couple of tips for employment ads that you think appeal to females? Yes. When we put an ad out, the very first statement is looking for women who have stayed home with their children and are ready to get back out there into the workforce. And so we're really directing our ad to the women. And we get men that apply. It's not just women that apply, but we've also advertised looking for stay-at-home moms who are ready to get back out into the workforce or just looking for stay-at-home moms who want to earn extra money while their kids are at school. Well, that brings up a cool point, which is, like you said, men will apply for that position as well, but marketing to parents you know, yes. when you've got children at home, especially small children, there are requirements of you <laughs> as a parent. And stating that you're a company that's willing to work around those scheduling issues and that kind of thing, I would imagine be extremely attractive to a large group of people out there. What else? So to that point, we put in there what our hours are, that we're flexible. We, we only are open from eight until two. And we do that, we don't take the normal hour for lunch or or half hour, whatever different groups do, but we work six hours a day and they all arrive at the job site. So we always put in the ad, you can get your kids on the bus and be home in time to get your kids back off of the bus. So, yeah. I I think they'd have a lot of applicants after this podcast. Right. Well, because people want to be home with their kids and it's hard to find a job where you can go to work, earn a decent amount of money, and then come home, feel satisfied with what you did at work, and be 100% there for your child. Can I ask a question about that? Because I think some people, again, I'm going to try to appeal, as I often do, to the lowest element. If you're listening to this podcast and you just have such a dim view and you're like, oh, for God's sake, so that's what I have to do. In order to employ a woman, I have to work from 8 to 2 and that's it. So obviously that's not what you're saying. But that that's what you do because that's the environment you're fostering, which is tremendous. But I think it's important to sort of make that point, well, like I said, because we're not saying this is what's necessary. This is an option. I also want to get back to what Lacey said. First of all, the idea of not having bathrooms is just embarrassing, disgusting, shocking. (laughs) It's how on earth, and yet we just talk about Choosing the hill to die on, you just sort of glossed over that. Like, oh, my God, it's bad enough we employ you, but now you need a place to go to the bathroom? That's insanity. So meaning that at some job sites, there's simply nowhere, there is no bathroom. Is that what you're saying, Lacey? Right. So when I came into AI Painting Plus for exterior projects, men would just pee wherever, I guess. And then if they had to do something else, they would go to the nearest gas station. And you can't do that. So we now use porta potties and we have porta potties yeah. at every job site, of course. But that's just something that I feel like a lot of business owners look past. They don't think about it or it's an extra charge. They don't think it's necessary when it 100% is necessary for sure. And then when it comes to clothes, if you don't mind, just because we want this to be a very practical podcast, do you actually have any recommendations on where to buy painters' clothes for women? We make a lot of accommodations for our female employees. We don't tell them that they have to wear certain, like with our male employees, they wear painter whites, right? But with our female employees, we just let them know, like, whatever shorts or pants, light colored jeans, anything that you can find that's going to fit, 
we don't require them to wear tradespeople pants. See, Emily, that's <laughs> talk about awareness. So the answer is not no, Andrew. I don't have a place to buy painters whites for women. I don't make them wear painters whites. <laughs> right. Well, and that's that. an option, and there is a really cool company out there called Dovetail Workwear, yes. and this is a group of female, I believe, landscapers, where they might be landscaping and GC and handiwork and that kind of thing, but they've created a really cool line of workwear, and I think it's all pants for females, and it's, it's the only company I'm aware of, but it's pretty cool. Lacey, I think I sent it over to you. <laughs> you did, yeah. And we did buy a pair for one of our female employees. We haven't bought a pair for our new female employee, but it's just they are. If another female employee wants to buy them on their own, they are great pants. They're just more expensive, of course, than like a painter white at Johnson Paint or Sherman Williams for our male employees. So there's that little bit of a gap there. Dovetail workwear? Yes, yes. Nice. Well, and also Dickies does make female cut painter white pants. Mm-hmm. But you oh, have nice. to get, yeah, your Sherwin-Williams will stock them. You just have to tell your Sherwin-Williams, here's what I need you to get. And so it's a little bit more involved where you would just send your guys in and they can pick up whatever pants. For the women, it's not that selection. We'd have to order their specific size. Okay. So just like everything else these days, order early. Order oh, well, like, yeah. early. <laughs> I want to go back, if I can, Stacey, I want to go back to what you were talking about, too, with the scheduling, because I think that was interesting, and Andrew, your point was interesting as well. But how... <laughs> interesting. Faint phrase. <laughs> how do you... How do you handle salaries? Are you just doing hourly? Do you do full-time employment? I guess from a business perspective, if you're doing an 8 to 2 instead of 7 to three or eight to four or something of that nature. How are you working that out on the pay scale, the benefit side, all of that? We are doing a couple different things. So I am aggressive with paying my women because they are so good. They are by the hour. And because they're moms, they want to finish the job correctly and they want to get it done ahead of time so they can get home and have a little bit of quiet time before the kids get off the bus. So it's an automatic driver for them to go ahead of schedule. So if you look at my profit per job, they're always ahead of time, ahead of time, ahead of time. They do participate in profit sharing. So all of that ahead of time is profit in their pocket that they get to get back. And they also get to partake in retirement benefits after being here for one year. Very nice. So, Very yeah, nice. and and the other thing is we offer them to have 10 days off a year to do whatever they want, including going to school for their children's plays, and those are not counted towards their two weeks off a year. So it's an additional 10 days to be with their kids at school. Very, very family-driven here, nice. which is a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very good. Yes, you're making a good case for marketing to parents. <laughs> um, Lacey, how about you? Because I know things have been changing at AI Painting Plus. So talk a little bit about some of the changes you guys have made to like your recruitment ads and things. You know, most painting ads when they're wanting to hire, like Stacy said, most painting companies want to hire experienced painters. So it's always looking for experienced painter, must be able to pick 58 pounds, must have a car, must be able to pick up a ladder, must be able to Use a sprayer. It's all these musts, you know, and we just live in a different generation where 
when people look at that, they're like, well, that's not appealing. Why would I ever want to do that? Even if they weren't an experienced painter, nobody's mm-hmm. going to look at that ad and be like, wow, I really want to work there. That's great. So it really does start with the ads and changing the language in general. When you're building a culture of belonging, every word counts. So even if you're saying, are you driven by results? Well, the word driven is more of a masculine word. It's males are drawn to that word. But if you change that and it's more like, are you passionate about results? Well, passionate is more of a female driven word, just little changes of words and then of course not saying like we're looking for craftsmen and tradesmen well <laughs> stop using that language you know use tradespeople and craftspeople like allow everybody to be able to feel like they can apply put on there i'm a female-owned company or you know we are an inclusive company like using language so people know add a picture to your ad of everybody there they see females they see other minorities in the group they feel like they see themselves things like that more women are going to apply for a job like that. Asking more questions. Or do you have goals? You know, when they're reading an ad, they should feel like motivated and inspired and feel like, wow, this company could really get me where I feel like I want to be um, as a human, where I see myself in five years. And then that gets them at least into the interview process. And when you're doing the interview, then you really sell, you know, your culture and, and what you have to offer. And then that's where they really want to work for you. If a business owner doesn't feel comfortable with going through and changing all of their ads and what words will draw women or, or minorities or whomever they're trying to increase their hiring for, there are other apps out there that help with that. Texio, T-E-X-T-I-O, is a great one where you just give them your ad and they'll change the words to help draw more women or whomever, minorities. That's awesome. That's yeah. right. I've not heard of that company. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Huh. Estimate Rocket is proud to sponsor this APC podcast. Chasing down invoices, dealing with difficult customers, answering employee questions, and worrying about the competition undercutting your prices can make it seem that you'll never be able to take a vacation again. When you implement Estimate Rocket, everyone in your business can be on the same page. Jobs run more smoothly, costs are controlled, and every job is more profitable, no matter whether you're in the office or on the beach. Getting started is easy, and with their industry-best painting templates, you can hit the ground running, leaving more time for little Susie and less time battling the competition. Even better, Estimate Rocket offers a 30-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose except all that stress. Visit EstimateRocket.com today to find out how to spend less time dealing with the hassle and more time doing what you love. EstimateRocket.com Today's podcast is sponsored by A. David Creation. Are you looking for fresh marketing perspectives for your painting business? How about effective planning and follow-through? The A. David Creation team specializes in marketing for painters, helping business owners grow their business, improve sales, and reclaim their time. Schedule your free 45-minute consultation at adavidcreation.com. That's one word, adavidcreation.com. So obviously our listeners are contractors, the owners of the business. So I think, you know, when we talk about the environment or the culture, these really qualitative characteristics of a company, of a business, you know, maybe you've got a contractor with absolute best of intentions, but at some point, 
the crew, the existing crew, i.e. men, need to toe the line, right? They, the existing staff plays a large role in the status quo, in the current environment. And if that environment needs to be changed, you can't just hope that your crew does it on their own, right? The change has to come from the top and the expectations have to be set from the top. So, you know, let's talk a bit about that. Frankly, about some of the, I don't want to say maybe not worst case scenarios, but some of the more really unpleasant, bordering on illegal perhaps situations that you find on an environment. Let's talk about that, right, Emily? Let's dive in. So, and what we're talking about is just an environment, daily interactions with employees that are inappropriate or awkward or offensive, frankly, to all employees, but certainly to women if they are the object of that unwanted, inappropriate behavior. So who wants to tackle that first? Let's throw out some uh, some unwanted unneeded, destructive environments that can be found on a typical painting job site. Can I start with you, Lacey? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to jump in. So, (laughs) you know, when I came into the company, we only had one female employee and she had just started. And one of her first things that she had said was, you know, it's so amazing that you're here because I can already see the change. Some of the first things we did was we did sexual harassment training and what are microaggressions and training about that. I changed all of the policies and procedures to foster an inclusive culture and make sure that everyone knows we are a zero tolerance company when it comes to any sort of harassment on any levels. And that was really important for her and, and for new um, female employees coming in because most experienced female painters who have come and worked with us have said, like, this is the only painting company that I've ever worked for that I was not harassed. I feel like I can actually wear a tank top outside when we're painting in 100-degree weather, and I'm not going to be verbally harassed. I feel like I'm just a part of the team. I'm not, you know, a lot of times they would go pick up a ladder, and a man would say, you can't do that. You're a woman. Well, yes, I can. And then, and then they're constantly pushing themselves to the limit. Sometimes it's not safe just so that they can prove that they can do the same thing that a man can. And that is 100% not acceptable. And you have to start from the beginning. The employees that you already have, do training, teach them. They have to learn, of course, what is sexual harassment? What does it look like? What are microaggressions? The language that you're using, is it appropriate? And then, of course, any new hires that you have, you need to have those policies in place. So you're going over that with your handbook with them before they even hit the job site. They need to know it's 100% not tolerated. You will get terminated if this is something that happens. We do not tolerate this at all. You lay the lines down. You know, everybody knows. And if it happens, you know, luckily we've not had that happen. But if it did, that person is going to get terminated. We do not tolerate it at all. You have to create a safe environment for everybody. I love that. I think that's a tremendous explanation. I think the term microaggression, we're using terms and phrases like that more than we used to several years ago. And I still think we have a lot of people who roll their eyes at that, that they view that as, oh, that's just oversensitivity, which is, in my opinion, absolutely ridiculous. If you've got someone who is uncomfortable, who feels awkward, that matters. I think, and I, uh, man, I wish I knew who put it in these terms, but I can't. So I can't give them credit. So I'll take full credit. But it's if you're at the dentist and you're getting, a, you know, wisdom teeth taken out or a root canal and they're giving you that topical anesthesia, right? And all of a sudden it starts to wear off and all of a, you're feeling the pain and you're like, doc, uh, I can really feel that. And they say, eh, you shouldn't. 
(laughs) Who cares if the dentist thinks I shouldn't? I am. And that's the only thing that matters. Your opinion that I shouldn't is irrelevant. So how I feel is meaningful. And the idea, again, to get very practical, granular, if someone can't wear a tank top without feeling uncomfortable, good Lord. Yes, you've got an environmental issue (laughs) that has to be addressed. And if I could also say, because interestingly enough, you've now mentioned ladders twice, right? Mm -hmm. So the first time was when, when it comes to, say, putting a ladder up on a van Mm -hmm. and a woman may not be able to do that. Maybe she's too short. Maybe she can't lift it. I have a hard time moving our extension ladder and I always (laughs) need help. But then you also just mentioned that a woman moving a ladder and and a guy saying, well, you can't do that. So again, Devil's advocate being the doofus in the room. Lacey, how can I win? Which one is it? Should I help or not? (laughs) Okay, so this is one way to put it. As a female, you want to be able to pick up that ladder and 24-foot ladder, you can move that ladder, not have a man say you can't do that. If you're a little struggling, if they say you got it, yeah, I got it. Okay, you know. They ask that with anybody, you know, if anybody sees somebody struggling, they're going to ask that. But then putting a big heavy ladder on top of a big van over your head by yourself, that's a little bit harder. You probably need two people to do something like that. And not all, not all women. I mean, some women I'm sure can just throw it on top of that van. It's no big deal, but... I'm sorry I had to even ask you to explain that, but... No, but it's true. You know, that's, you know, you got to talk about it. (laughs) Good, 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 good. Stacy, you know, how about you? Because again, I think we got to point out the problems and how to avoid them. We got to pinpoint the negatives. There's no reason to tiptoe around them. So Stacy, how about you? What, what are some, some unfortunate, awkward, inappropriate things that you've seen, endured on the job site? And, you know, what do we all need to know, especially what do men need to know about these problems that for whatever reason they're maybe not even aware of? Thank you. Well, as you know, I have an all-women team. So when I send a crew out, it's all women going to a site. And it's hard because some of the places that we work are rural, and all there is around us are trees, and there's no place to go get help. And not that we're always looking, but women look at their surroundings and always try to figure out, okay, I feel comfortable or I don't, or where do I go to get help? That's what we're looking for. And so I'll give you an example of why I try never to let my women work on a crew with an unknown general contractor or other contractor of any kind. We had a group out at a house and surrounded by trees, and there was another group there. We had plastic all the way down on the wall separating the place. One of my girls was up on a ladder, and the, one of the guys there thought she was cute and started shaking her ladder while she was up on it. He reached underneath the plastic and shook the bottom rung because he thought it was funny and he was flirting with her. Mm. That then escalated to him following her wherever she went in the house. He followed her and the other girls kept up with it. So she was never alone in the house and they had to purposefully place themselves to be away from him. Then when they were leaving for the day, she got in the van and he was following her. So she got in the van to lock the door to just get away from him he quickly went around the other side and hopped in the van because he thought it was funny. It is not funny. It's very scary. One of my other girls jumped out of her car. Now, I'll do a little sidebar. All of my women have mace with them. 
That's part of their tool bag is mace. Mm. Not that we should have to use it, not that we ever want to use it, but mm. it is there in case we are threatened. So she got out with her mace and was going to attack him, and he came out of the van, and they left. And I took my women off that job site until the homeowner was finished with that other contractor. And it was – we can talk quite nicely with the homeowners. We can be understanding with other trades, but the biggest – thing is, is you have to protect your employees and you have to make sure your employees are safe. When there's another trade, you lose that ability to protect your employees as much as you do when you have employee on employee kind of situation. So I always try to schedule my painters to never be on a job site with another trade. Doesn't always work out, but try as much as I can to not schedule them with other trades. And that's how I protect them so that they don't have to have those kind of experiences. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that's just outrageous and obvious, right? I mean, it's just, I mean, one, if somebody thinks they're going to flirt, that's a separate issue. Shaking a ladder is not flirting. It's just idiotic, (laughs) unsafe, stupid behavior. But then the workplace is not a place for flirting. Is that safe to say? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just common sense. So, Again, the change has to come from the top that you have to let your expectations be known. The contractor, the boss, the owner, should they come to their female employees and say, hey, if you encounter anything within the company, outside the company, I want to know about it. I want you to tell me same day. Is that what should be done and said? Oh, yeah. Well, and I didn't tell you this. They were getting in the cars because I pulled them off the job site early because I did not like how the man was – he was – being very aggressive to her. He was close talking. He was following her. She felt unsafe. I never want my employee to feel unsafe. And so I closed down the job. And that's why they were getting in the car. The employee should feel comfortable enough to go to the owner, the supervisor, the operations manager, whomever their reporter, who they directly report to, and say, look, I don't feel safe. Please fix this situation. Because I was 40 minutes away, I couldn't go out there and address this man directly. I just pulled him off the site completely. Stacey, you brought up a good point about other trades, right? That there's one thing that is within your control, which is a zero tolerance for any kind of harassment, um, whether that be sexual harassment, whether it be bullying, whether it be anything of that nature for any of your own employees. Lacey, I'm curious, do you guys run into scenarios where you're working with other trades or you're having an issue with even any homeowners? Because you don't always know the environment that you're walking into where, you know, you don't have direct control over these people, but they are interacting with your employees. Do you all have a strategy for dealing with that? I would have done the same strategy that Stacy did. Luckily, we've not had any issues with um, GCs or homeowners, but if we did, I would have done the exact same thing that Stacy did and, and pulled them off the job and not came back until the other trades were finished because that's all you really can do. Um, obviously, if it's a homeowner, that's a whole other ball game. <laughs> At that point, you probably just want to pull off the job completely or at least pull your female. You know, in my case, I'm not all female. I'm, we have 12 field staff and two of them are females and 10 are males. But we would probably just pull the females off that job. But, yeah, I don't have a set policy, but now you've got my wheels turning <laughs> about that. <laughs> There's so many unknowns out there. There but are. I, but those are. I mean, and that's a really good point about safety. 
and every female has had a conversation with a male at some point in their life where they had to explain that if you know as a female that you are coming out of a store or a mall or any public building at night, we have all been taught since we were very young that we need to be parking near a streetlight, that Mm -hmm. we need to approach our car in a way that allows us to see underneath our car, that you always look inside the car before you get into it. And these are things that we've been taught to do since we were very young. And they're things that we all probably do almost subconsciously at this point. So pointing out these types of behaviors that some men, and definitely not saying all men, think are funny on the job site, when they are, in fact, quite scary, I think is incredibly important. Any other issues either of you have experienced on the job site, heard about on the job site, anything else that you all want to share? I don't allow my girls to wear anything but a green-colored shirt. Our company color is green, so I get them green women-fitted shirts so that nobody can see their bra, and they have to wear pants. They can't wear leggings, and that's so that... Nobody will look at them. If you're a woman and you're wearing a man cut shirt and you raise your arm to cut in or to roll above your head, the armhole is big enough where you can see the woman's bra. And so you have to get a woman's cut shirt for that woman so that it's a tighter armhole and that the bra is not being shown. But we have had men who will stand behind us when we're bending over to get a tray and they're just observing, quote unquote, they're observing the job site. They want to make sure we're doing it correctly. And it's frustrating. So we have gone to the point where if that's the case, they all know how to bend over properly without putting their butts up in the air. They all know all that. Or they have their head towards the customer. They try to always position themselves so that the man homeowner is not standing or posturing behind them because it's unnerving. But we do get it a lot. We get it where the man, well, we work with the women a lot. The homeowners are the women, the wives. And they'll say, my husband is going to watch because he's still worried that you're all women and you might not know how to repair the wall. You might not know how to do the drywall. So I'm really sorry, but he's going to have to watch you. And we're fine with it. And we say, you know, he's welcome to watch. If that's what he feels like he needs to do, come on and we'll show you how good we are. And so just making sure that we're dressed properly so that we're not encouraging any male bad behavior and we're doing our part not to entice any men. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. I I think it's terrible. I think it's absurd. I think any man who's listening should be embarrassed and ashamed that (laughs) that you're going to have to dictate the outfit and the clothing and your physical actions of opening a paint can based on as to avoid trouble I mean it's just it's unbelievably unfortunate and like I said it's embarrassing and I think that's what we're seeing throughout schools throughout the country that the dress codes at schools are being looked at and are being changed because it's clear that the dress code is overwhelmingly geared toward what girls wear the concept of I am not a distraction has become very popular as it should be throughout the country that limiting what women, what girls can wear in school so as not to entice the boys who are trying to learn math. For God's sakes, let's let the boys learn. It's really <laughs> disgusting and unfortunate and shameful. So, man, Stacy, I'm sorry that you even need to make 
those accommodations. That's terrible. It is all good, Andrew, because I know if you were my homeowner, you wouldn't be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have a funny cartoon from APC back. I mean, this had to have been, what, the 40s. And it's Emily's it's first year with the company. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a male painter who who's on a ladder, but the homeowner is standing behind him. And we put that out at some point asking for people to caption it. And almost every single caption was a homeowner telling a painter how to do it better. Or how to, it's everybody's worst nightmare to have that homeowner standing there and dictating work that they don't do professionally, as a matter of fact. Yeah. But that is, Lacey, for you, um, you know, you have both males and females on the worksite, which is going to be the case in 99% of, of situations. How do you deal with, because there are now, flirting doesn't always come from the men. Do you guys have a policy on flirting or dating or anything of that nature? As far as dating, we encourage that not to happen, but we're not going to shut it down completely. We've never had anybody flirt or have any sort of relations. We've kind of built a culture of like, you know, we're all friends and more of like a family unit, which I know sounds really corny, but it is true where we've never honestly had those issues as of right now. That doesn't mean that we won't in the future, but we haven't ever had an issue like that. Everybody works really well together. One of our female employees who is an experienced painter and has painted since she was like 17. The stories that she has with issues on the job site are more like when she was on a ladder course, you know, men looking at her and even like working for other uh, companies where her boss would always make her pick up her check in his office where he, when he was alone and would close the door behind her, like weird things like that, that are just not okay. But I, totally respect Stacy and all the safety measures that she's making for her female employees, but I'm not going to make my female employees have to wear pants and certain things so that, and bend over a certain way so that a, a man won't look at them. They, if it was up to me and I changed the world, which I can't, if I was on a, you know, a pageant and they say, I want world peace. Well, I just want men <laughs> to like just be normal, be humans and stop, you know, we're not like, Packages of meat walking down the street or human beings or just other people. So, yeah, it's just crazy that you have to do certain things like that. Well, it does. And I think that one point to make to my point earlier about women watching their car, looking under their car, parking under lights, all of those things. I think one thing that men do need to be aware of is that we are aware of our environment. We are always aware of our environment because we have been taught to be aware of our environment and we need to be aware of our environment. And so any scenario, if you feel like you might be putting a woman in an uncomfortable scenario, standing too closely, backing her into a corner, any of those things, even if that's not your intent, you should be aware as well because women do have to be defensive. Just a fact of life. <laughs> and so if men out there are trying not to make women feel uncomfortable, you should be aware of our boundaries, I guess, is the important thing. But that said, there are tons. And Lacey, like you were just saying, there are great scenarios where men and women get along amazingly on the site. And this happens every single day. Can you guys share some experiences of positivity of having a culture that has both a male and female presence? 
I mean, I think the biggest thing is everybody sees each other as just people on the job site in our in our company. And I've heard it from our female employees. Like they do not feel like a female on the job site. They are just like everybody else. There's not a difference. Nobody ever makes any sort of accusations or any gestures to say otherwise. And that's really important, I think. Just because you hire a female employee doesn't mean that you need to make sure that a man is always carrying her ladder and carrying her tool bag <laughs> and like following her around because you're afraid she's going to get hurt because she's not. She's fine. She's got it unless she asks for help. She's just another employee, just like your other employees. And that's the biggest thing is just building a, it's all unity and everybody is the same. And it's also really important to have female leadership. If you're hiring females, like Stacy said earlier, it's really important to have a training program and build them up. They need to have goals, and not just they, people in general, all employees need to have goals. They need to know where they can be in six months, where they can be in a year, where they can be in a year and a half, and grow. Grow, make that a focus. Well, I have this female employee. I think she's got great leadership skills. She might not know the trade completely, but I'm going to teach her, and I'm going to make her a crew leader or a job leader in a year or two years, and that's my goal. You need to have Female leadership um, just makes everything more unison in the company if you're going to have a mixture of the two. Lacey, you are the bomb diggity. That's <laughs> that was awesome answer oh. for that. Oh my gracious! And I got to tell you, right on that. And even though I don't have men employees, likewise with our general contractors that we work with, with our carpenters that we work with, they're phenomenal. And it's about positioning yourself to be around the right people. And the right people are not going to act like we've talked about some outcasts out there. Not every man is like that. So you're right, Lacey. We can do it. We can lift ladders. We can lift scaffolds. We can lift those paint cans. Just let us and let us have fun. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I love it. I agree. Bomb diggity for everybody. (laughs) Yes. So, and I think, and just one point I want to throw out is obviously as the point that's being made that, you know, treat everyone equally, treat women equally, don't assume they can't do all this stuff. But at the same time, and this is a, not in a mutually exclusive reality, this is a dual reality. Don't also assume that everything is the same for a woman as is for a man, such as, Men don't need to worry about covering their drinks at a bar or at a club when they go to the restroom, but women do. So I think that is that sort of representative that we do have different realities and women are subject to. And you guys are welcome to jump in and tell me if I'm being patronizing or condescending. But I think it's pretty clear that there are some challenges that women face that men do not. Certainly there are some that men face that women do not. And so having that respect and appreciation that maybe there's something about their reality that I don't know that maybe I should be open to understanding that could really be a boon for your business and for their experience on the workplace. Lacey Ilsley, CEO of AI Painting Plus in Columbia, Missouri, and Stacy Spear, owner and founder of SNS Painting in Mechanicsville, Virginia. Absolutely. You guys are the bomb diggity. Thank you for coming on the podcast. That was tremendous. At least I thought it was. I hope you also thought it went well. It was a lot of fun. It was. <laughs> we love, love what we do here at APC. So many resources for you at paintmag.com. And if you haven't listened to Mission Vacation and you haven't heard Lacey on there, boy, you're missing out. 
check it out, everything you want, at paintmag.com. Thanks for listening.